Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us. Thank you guys for joining us as we wrap up this series that we've been in all month called Overwhelmed. The reality is there are just moments, days, even seasons of life where we feel like we're in the fire. We feel like we're flooded. We feel like we're buried in the ground. And we need to remember that there is another with us in the fire. There is one holding back the seas. And when we feel buried, that we can be reminded that the grave is empty. How much of the time do we struggle with all the stuff that gets buried on us. We've talked about so far uh, how we wrestle with stress. We've talked about how we wrestle with negativity. Last week we talked about how we wrestle with worry. If you missed any of those messages, I encourage you to go back and catch up on our website. You can see any of those messages there. But today we're going to explore how do we wrestle and overcome when we feel overwhelmed with loneliness. Now, what is loneliness? Loneliness is just simply that feeling, that experience of sadness when we feel disconnected from other people. And all of us experience loneliness in all kinds of ways. But where does loneliness come from? Uh, one of the places that loneliness comes from is fear. We're afraid of if I put myself out there, if I open up, if I really connect, what's going to happen? And many of us, if we're honest, are paralyzed by fear. And we go around our lives waiting for someone else to move toward us instead of extending ourselves to embrace relationship with somebody else. Loneliness can come from fear. Another place loneliness often comes from is rejection. Probably every single one of us here, everybody watching online, have been rejected in some way at some point in life. And what does rejection do? It pushes me away. And perhaps I begin to, to believe in the lies that I'm not enough, that I'm not worthy, that I'm not good enough, that, that why would anybody want to connect or be in a relationship with me? And I can become overwhelmed with loneliness because of rejection. Sometimes it's not fear or rejection, sometimes it's just the culture that we live in. You think about the world that we live in, at least in the West, it's fast. It's about uh, image management. It's often superficial and it's driven by what have you done for me lately? I'll do for you if you do for me. And we live our lives based on this, this contract with other people rather than really knowing and being known. So how do we overcome this power of loneliness that can so quickly overwhelm us in life. Here's a key for every single one of us. If you're taking notes, take note of this. Loneliness is not overcome by being with people. Loneliness is overcome by connecting with people. But how in the world do we do that? That's what we're going to explore today. So let's open our Bibles. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 19 through 25 as we explore how do we overcome loneliness. Verse 19, <clears throat> therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, 
having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. How do we overcome loneliness to really be able to connect with one another? First, we need to understand that God makes a way. God makes a way for us to embrace relationships with one another, to take the risk, to put ourselves out there, to know and be known and connect with one another. But how does God make a way? Well, first he says in verse 19, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to do what? To enter the most holy place. How? By the blood of Jesus by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. Now, what in the world is Hebrews talking about here? In the Old Testament, in the life of Israel before Jesus, the people of God connected with God in his tabernacle later in the temple. And in the tabernacle and in the temple was the Holy of Holies where God resided. It was the place where the Ark of the Covenant was, where people would come and they would bring their sacrifices through the high priest to atone for all their sins. Why? Because they were separated from the holiness of God by our brokenness. And the writer of Hebrews says that we can now enter into the presence of God how? By a new way that's been opened up by what? By the blood of Jesus. Separating the Holy of Holies from the people of God was a curtain. It was several inches thick, floor to ceiling, and its intention was to protect us from the holiness of God. That it was, it was protecting us from this perfection of God that we could not experience. And Jesus comes on the scene, and he makes a new way. How? By his blood. Literally what the writer of Hebrews is saying is that what once protected us from the, the holiness of God was the curtain. What now protects us from the holiness of God is the blood of Jesus. We are covered in a new way. Now, why is this important? It's because you and I can freely come into connection with God, with confidence, with boldness, with faith, and enter into a relationship with him. We need to understand that God gives me a confidence to come to him. There is no barrier anymore. There is no separation anymore when we surrender our lives to the work of Jesus in us that God, through his Son, gives me worth, gives me value, bestows purpose and meaning onto me. Now there's a rel relative worth and actual worth that God gives to me. There's a relative worth that in my relationship with Jesus, my relationship with God, I am perfect in the sight of God. Why? Is it because I'm perfect? No. Is it because I figure things out? No. It's because when God looks at me, all he sees is the blood of Jesus. All he sees is the work of Jesus because of what God has done for me. There's no longer a barrier that I can come confidently to God. 
But there's also an actual change in me, an actual uh, worth bestowed on me that God really begins to change me the way I think, the way I feel, what I will to do in life. There's an actual change in me that's bringing worth and value to my life because of what God has done. Now, why is this important? It's because my relationships with others is driven by my relationship with God. Am I trying to get worth and value from all the people around me? Or am I bringing worth and value to the people all around me? A fundamental difference in how we relate to one another. That I can be free to connect with you because God is connected with me. I can be confident to come into his presence. And I can come in knowing that God has invited me. Why? Because he knows me fully and everything that I experience in this life. The writer of Hebrews continues, he says, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Since we have a high priest, a new high priest. And what, what in the world is he talking about? Again, Old Testament before Jesus, tabernacle, the temple of God, the holy of holies. The people would bring their sacrifices, but they wouldn't just boldly come into the holy of holies because of the perfection, the holiness of God. So they would come through a high priest who was called and ordained and appointed by God for the people of God. He, he was the, the delegate that God had chosen. He was the one who was the bridge between us and God. And he would put on the holy garments and he would prepare himself and he would come into the holy of holies with the, the offering for atonement for the people only because God ordained him and allowed it. And in Jesus Christ, it says we have a new high priest who's been ordained by God, who's been called by God, who is fully human in every way, but is also fully God. Being God, the only one who could bring that perfect and holy and final sacrifice, but being fully human knows our life and knows our experience. In other words, there is nothing that you and I will ever go through in this life that God doesn't understand. He knows you. He knows your heart. He knows your fears. He knows your struggles. He knows the temptations. Every part of our human experience, God knows, and he knows it deeply. And he wants to connect with you and me. And he's inviting us in. Again, that connection with God proceeds and becomes the foundation of my connection with everybody else. That I can enter fully and take the risk to be connected and enter into relationship with other broken people just like me. Knowing that there's going to be mess and there's going to be junk and there's going to be times where others hurt me and I hurt others. But we can work through it together. Why? Because there's a God who's made a way for me and a God who knows me and a God who invites me in. And he's bestowing his worth upon me. And that even when I'm not okay, and it's, not, it's okay to not be okay, but even when I'm not okay, that I will be okay in Christ. And I can take the risk to be known because my, not, my life is not made okay by you. Your life is not made okay by me, but it's made okay by our creator who's extended himself to us. And so we can take the risk to reach out to others, to, to be reached out to by others, to know and be known. And so here's my encouragement for us 
as we wrestle with this, if we can be okay in Christ, who's, who's made a way, who's pursuing us, who knows us, then I can be free to embrace relationships with others. So here's my encouragement. Don't wait. Embrace. Don't wait for other people to make it happen. Don't wait for other people to pick up the phone or send you that text or hit you on Facebook or send you that email or come over to your house. Don't wait, but look for ways to embrace relationships with others. And Paul, or, or the writer of Hebrews, tells us that, that we can, with boldness, not only enter into relationship with God, but enter into relationship with others. Three times in chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews says, let us. And then he gives us some instructions. The first time he says, let us embrace with faith. Look at verse 22. He says, let us draw near to God with what? With a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Embrace with faith that I can trust in God's love and God's power in my life to connect with him. That I can let God heal my broken heart. That I'm not trying to come to somebody else to fix this mess. But I can trust God to heal it. Let God speak over me his truth in the midst of all the lies that I bought into. Let God give me that worth and value. Trust God to hold my heart as I take the risk to extend it to others. And here's the thing. As I receive that worth and that value from God, it enables me to be in relationship with others with realistic expectations. And just pause for a second and let's think about how many of our relationships end up in a broken place, in a strained place, in a separated place, or how many relationships never really happen because of the fear and the rejection, because we have unrealistic expectations of one another. That you're going to make me okay. That you're going to make my world all right. That you're going to make me a better person. That you're going to bring me value and worth. That you're going to heal all this mess. Rather than just saying, you know what, who we are and all we are, we will do it together. And we can come to one another with realistic expectations without all the fear and all the insecurity and all the mess and just say, we will, we will join together because we're okay, even when we're not okay, because God is working in our lives. And so we can embrace with faith. He also tells us that we can embrace with hope. Look at the very next verse. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Why? For he who promised is what? He is faithful. That we hold on to that hope. In other words, we have confidence in the work that God is doing in you and me. That I connect with others and I can allow others to connect with me because I know that I'm enough. Not because I'm smart enough or good enough or that I, I, I've, I've got all the best intentions and all the best practices and habits. No, but because God is working in me and I will hold on to that hope. Why? Is it because I'm great? No, but because God is faithful. And I can know that sometimes being known and knowing you and opening my life up to you and not waiting, I'm going to embrace you. I'm going to reach out to you. I can know that sometimes your life and your relationship is God's work in me. 
And sometimes I can know that my relationship with you is God's work in you. And that we come together not because we have it all worked out, but, but the opposite. We come together because we are broken. And God wants to bring the broken pieces together and redeem it and heal it and restore it through our connection with each other. And so we can embrace with hope. And finally, it says we can embrace with love. We can embrace each other that we don't wait. We embrace, we pick up the phone, we send that text, we send that Facebook message, we, we go to their house, we reach out, we send that card, not waiting, but, but extending ourselves. Why? Because we want to embrace each other with love. That when we battle loneliness in us, that we go on the offensive and we say, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to wait for somebody else to figure this out for me. But when I'm overcome by the separation, I'm going to take a step and reach out. Look at what he says. Finally, he says, verse 24 and 25. Let us consider. Let's think about this. Let's wrestle with this. Let's see what this means for us. Let's consider how, many, uh, how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another even more as the day that Jesus will come back approaches. We will not stop meeting together, but we'll spur one another on. And, and here's the thing is this is not meant to be easy. We spur one another on. Literally, the word is agitate. How many of us want to be agitated this morning? That's what he encourages us. He says, agitate each other, spur one another on so that we don't rest in the mess, but we step toward healing. And we don't give up meeting with each other. The connotation here is that we spend time over time. We meet together in the context of worship is the foundation here. But there's so much more. It's not just that we sing songs, but our whole life is a worship to God that we're asking the question, how do we honor God with our lives together? And so we're doing things like we pray for each other. We pray for each other. Not just in the ways that we gather in our Sunday school classes or we gather in our life groups or our small groups and we say a prayer at the beginning or we say the prayer at the end and we like tie it up with a nice bow. But we wrestle with really praying with each other that we don't just say, hey, you know, I'm going to pray for you. But we stop right there in the moment and say, let's hold hands or, or in COVID, you know, let's, let's get six feet apart. But, but let's, let's pray for each other right now because I care about you and you care about me. We encourage each other. That we get up in each other's business, not in a judgeful, mean way, but we say, I am not leaving your side. You are not doing this alone, but I will be with you. I got your back. I'll be enough when you're not enough. We can do this. Do not give up. That we hold each other accountable. That we invite each other. How many of us have a relationship where you have invited another person to speak into your life when you don't get it right? We hold each other accountable. And we point each other to God. Even as a pastor, there are moments in my life, as there are for you in your life, where I just can't muster up the faith. Thank you. 
there are moments in our lives where we need somebody else to have the faith for us. You can sit in your house. You can sit in your office. You can do your daily routines and wait and wait and wait and wait for somebody else to make the first move while we're overcome with this, this deep sense of of sadness because we're disconnected from others. Even while we may be surrounded by people all day, every day, there's no real connection because we have not extended our hearts and lives to really be known. And we're waiting for somebody else to do it for us. What if we just said, you know what? I'm not gonna wait, I'm gonna embrace. Whether or not I feel like I'm enough, maybe especially when I feel like I'm not enough, I'm going to take a step. So let me ask you, where are you lonely at today? Is it because maybe you're truly alone? Maybe there's some people watching online and, and right now, my goodness, you got health issues, you got concerns, and because of that, you're not able to get out and you're truly separated from people right now and you're feeling the depth of that loneliness. Or maybe you're in high school or college and everything is about having a certain kind of image and you don't feel the freedom to be known by anybody and you're surrounded by people every single day of your life, every moment of your life, but nobody really knows you and you're lonely. Let me ask you this, who around you is buried by the weight of loneliness? Who can you reach out to today? My goodness, so much of our lives we spent just focused on me, myself, and I, what I need, what I want, what I think, what's going on in my world. How, why would we never just stop and say, I need to be living my life for somebody else because God lived his life for me. Who can I, who can I reach out and connect with and bless and embrace today? Open our eyes and open our ears. Who's lonely around us? What is our next step? That we would start and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to embrace you because you have made a new way. That, that, that I don't need the curtain to protect me because the blood of Jesus is protecting me. And you have made a way where there was no way. And you do know me in every part of my life because you took on human flesh. And you've experienced it all and you know me. And because of that, Lord, I will embrace connection with you. That's, that's the first step for many of us. Maybe it's to say, Lord, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by the loneliness. I need the courage to reach out and connect with somebody else. Maybe it's, God, I, I'm, I'm embracing, I'm supported. I got a circle around me, but I need to open my eyes for too much of my life. Lord, I've been blinded to the needs around me. Help me to know how to encourage somebody today. And why, why can we do this? is because even when we're not okay, and it is okay to not be okay, but even when we're not okay, we are okay. By, by the blood, by the work that God is doing through Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit that he fills us with when we surrender to him. Because of that, we can reach out. I love that, that old hymn, whatever my lot may be, it is well with my soul. Because it's well, Lord, I'm going to take that step of faith. 
God, I might be overwhelmed with loneliness, but I'm going to take that step to trust you. I'm going to trust somebody else. God, it, it is well with my soul, and you are working in me, and I'm created with a purpose and a meaning, and I'm not going to live for myself anymore, but I'm going to reach out to somebody else. But whatever the step is, it takes courage. It takes risk. It takes faith. So if you'll stand, we're going to close with one more song. And let our cry just be, Lord, would you give me courage to take that step? You might want to come and pray at these altars and meet with the Lord. We got pastors here. Just wave us over if you want us to pray with you. You might want to kneel down in your seat. If you're at home, you might want to pray right there where you are. Say, God, just give me the courage. Give me the faith to take the risk to not wait, but I will embrace. Let's see what God's going to do. So let's pray together. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we celebrate who you are. Thank you for making a way that we don't have to have a curtain that separates us from you anymore. You've opened it up by the work of your son. Thank you, God, that you're not distant, but you do know us in every part of us and you're inviting us in. God, thank you for the lives that we have, that we were created to live not alone, but live with one another. Forgive us, God, for the ways that we let fear, the way that we let rejection, the way that we let culture separate us from one another. God, we will not wait anymore for somebody else to fix it, but we are wanting to take a step of faith. So fill us with courage, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit fall on us in this room, in living rooms, in kitchens, in bedrooms, and wherever we watch this morning or today. Fill us with your courage, Lord to take the step that you are calling us to take for your glory, that we make much of Jesus with our lives, for our redemption and salvation, for our hope, and that we would be a blessing to the people around us. We pray this in Jesus' holy, holy name. Amen.